You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, I am doing well. You know, I know sometimes like you can greet people in the same way. You know how you say, how you doing? And people say, fine. It's kind of like the rope thing that we're just accustomed to doing. But when I check in, I'm, I really want to know like how you're doing. Because, you know, I was just telling my daughter this morning, I was like, you know, babe, I have so many people around me that it looks good outwardly, but people really are not doing good on the inside. And I would so much rather it to look like a shit show outwardly, but you be solid on the inside because we put so much time, energy, and attention into how we want to be perceived by other people, giving so much weight and credibility to other people's perception of us. But a lot of times we lack the same effort, if you will, in really being how we want people to perceive us if that makes sense. So I just really want people to be well and people are really struggling and suffering inwardly. And a lot of people struggle in silence because they don't really feel like they have a safe space to share or or because they've painted themselves to be such a way that to tell people that things are really not okay would go against everything that they've painted themselves to be. Here's the thing, y'all. Everybody doesn't believe the picture that you paint when it's not real. People are discerning enough and people can see straight through things. And people sometimes just don't say anything. And they just allow you to just keep going on in, in your own deception or in your own, you know, what it is that you want people to think. But everybody ain't crazy. Like everybody is just not lost on who you really are. And that's not even from a bad place. Some people can really see. So if you're not doing well, I just pray that you reach out to someone, that you have a conversation with someone. If you don't have anybody that um, you can talk to, you know, there's therapists, there's, I really feel like everybody needs a life coach and a therapist. And that's just my personal opinion. So there's that. All that to say, I am doing well. Um, Letitia 5.0, fully loaded now. And uh, (laughs) I realize now there's not this magical thing that happens when you turn 50, right? Just who I am is who I am, always evolving. But one of the things that I realize is that I choose patience, meaning I'm just like not a naturally patient person, but I am choosing patience. But I'm also choosing clarity and intention. Um, Like I was having a conversation the other day And one of my exes reached out and he will always say, you know, if I was, what what does he say? If I was who I am now, then we would be happily married. And so I just let it fly most of the time, not, not saying anything. But for some reason, when he said it this time, it really bothered me. And so I said, just to be clear, you're still the same person to me. 
out for yourself and a taker and not a person of integrity and not a person who keeps your word. Now, he has made major changes and that kind of a thing. But don't, don't, please don't come to me saying we would have been happily married because the person who desired this version of you that you are now, I'm no longer that person. So I'm a different version of you. So while there is love and there is care there, there is no desire. So so let's let's just not have this conversation. Okay. Let's let's just not paint this narrative that makes you feel better about the choices that you didn't make, the growth that you didn't accomplish during the time frame when I was available to you. If we if we gonna talk, if we're gonna have a relationship, it needs to be real and not just this delusional picture that you paint so that it makes you feel better about yourself at my expense. Not gonna happen. So yeah, I, I politely said that because it, it felt disruptive to me. And so the other thing that I was talking to daughter about this morning is that I was I was saying um, last week how peace is my greatest flex. But here's the thing about peace. I'm not talking about this face, fake peace, like you just been meditating, you floating around kind of a thing. To, to get real peace, guys, it requires confrontation. It requires you looking truthfully at the things that are disruptive to your peace and then choosing to do something about it. So a lot of times to have real peace, you're confronting things within yourself. You're confronting people. And I don't mean confrontation. Confrontation is not always loud or a bad thing. Maybe maybe a better way to say it is that you're dealing with things. You're dealing with the things that disrupt your peace. You're 100% responsible and accountable for your part. And you just don't let things ride, you know, um, at your expense, right? You just, you just, you just don't allow that. So maybe that, maybe that's a better thing. Because the other thing people don't realize about me, one of my favorite um, accounts on Instagram is Dr. Raquel Martin, and she was just like, "I'm Team FAAFO," which means "fuck around and find out." And a lot of people don't realize that I'm a part of that team because people get confused what I do. People confuse what I do with who I am. Listen, for the most part, I'm team IDGAF. I'm unbothered, not really, you know, attached and worried about what other people are doing. However, when you encroach upon a boundary or when you do something that is disruptive to me, you're going to fuck around and find out that I'm not this person that you think and I'm going to deal with it very quickly because I did not always. I used to just take it and let me be the bigger person, let me do this. And you know what? I don't match energy. I just, I just, I just deal with things that are going to allow me to be in the best possible position. And if that hurts people, my come from place is not hurt. My come from place is making sure that I'm okay. You know that scripture, love others as you love yourself. My come from place is the as my loving myself part, right? Because I can't give to you what I haven't adequately given to me. So anyway, there's the growth lesson on that, right? To get peace, you really. Um, do have to confront those things that are disruptive to your peace. And sometimes they will disrupt relationships. And a lot of people can't handle conflict in relationships without like the fear of it's going to go away, it's going to fall apart. But listen, we're doing grown adult things over here, okay? So that being said, I hope y'all are good. Now, so I'm still in the study of thinking grow rich and... I always say anyway, I feel like all change starts with truth. I feel like only when you are willing to take 100% responsibility for your life and everything in it, are you really in a position, a mindset to make change, right? So 
in this part of things, he's talking about, here's why you're failing in the, the nutshell. You know, I got to give you the Letitia version, okay? So he gives 30 reasons as to why you're failing in life. Failure, in my opinion, it simply means you're missing the mark. Failing in life does not mean you are a failure. Sometimes we internalize things. So just so we're clear, I'm not calling you a failure. Based on the book, what I'm saying is, here's why you're failing. Here's the 30 reasons why you are missing the mark. Simply means an archery term, right? You got a mark that you've got your eye on, a goal, a desire, and here's why you're missing it. So I'm going to give you as many of these as I can get through in the allotted time, okay? So here's why you're failing. The first one, unfavorable hereditary background. Um, He's saying people who were, he's using it as um, people who are born with a deficiency in brain power. And he said, this is only one of the 30 causes of failure, which may not be easily corrected by any individual. So I guess he's looking at that like if you are born with certain handicaps or certain deficiencies or certain things which have put you at a place in life that that's the one that's not the most easily corrected. Two, lack of a well-defined purpose in life. Having a central purpose or a definite goal. People who just go through life aimlessly, you know, just no sense. You ever seen somebody, they just have no aim they just get up and, and and just go through life in a reactive mode. No real aim for what you're doing. The conversations, the associations, just kind of going along to get along. He's saying that is a major cause of failure. Okay. Here's another one. Lack of ambition to aim above mediocrity. And so mediocrity, the definition of mediocrity, if you want to look it up, is like you are setting off to, to climb a mountain. You get halfway up the mountain and then you decide to go back down. So you've gotten halfway through something, halfway through a goal, and you don't complete the course. So he's saying a lack of ambition to aim above mediocrity or to go all the way up the mountain, just like a sense of indifference, don't want to get ahead in life, and you're not willing to pay the price. The price, that looks different for everybody, depending on what it is that you're looking to do. But everything that you're looking to do of any significance is going to cost you something, okay? Insufficient education. Um, I don't know if he's talking about formal education, but you don't have to be formally educated to get ahead in life or to succeed in life, right? Because most educational institutions teach you what to think, but not teach you how to think, which is why he says that experience has proven that the best educated people are those who are known as self-made because they've decided, they figured out what it is that they need to know and understand that education consists not so much of knowledge, but of knowledge that is effectively and persistently applied. Remember, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power because it's based on what it is that you do with what it is that you know. So he's referring to that with insufficient education. The next one is a lack of self-discipline. Self-discipline, self-control, self-mastery. So it's, he's basically says before you can control conditions outside of yourself, you need to control yourself. And that self-mastery is the hardest job that you'll ever tackle. And so 
something that he said that was pretty profound is that if you don't conquer yourself, you'll be conquered by yourself. And he says, you can see one at the same time, your best friend and your greatest enemy when you look in the mirror. And I find that to be so true with your brain, with your mind, with everything, is that you can either be your greatest ally, an advocate, or you can be your own worst enemy, depending on how you learn to master yourself. And can I say something about that? You know, he might get into it, so I won't I won't go into it. The next one is ill health. And so he's saying you can't enjoy outstanding success without good health. So if you're not healthy physically, for the most part, you know the reasons why. When I, the physical things that I have going on in my body, I can tell you exactly why they are going on. And a part of that self-discipline is doing what is necessary to create a different environment in my body that lends itself to health, okay? The next one, unfavorable environmental influences during childhood. As the twig is bent, so shall the tree grow. So environment plays a huge factor, especially childhood environment. I've said that until I'm blue in the face. What was implanted in us, ingrained in us from the time that we were zero to seven years old. And here's the thing. That's when we all got what is commonly known as core wounds. Whatever your core wound is, if it's a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a fear of scarcity, a fear of success, whatever, a fear that people are going to leave you, a fear of abandonment, like whatever your core wound is, know that your core wound will always be there. However, however, You can change the patterns of your life and the trajectory of your life. So the more you move in the direction that you desire to go and you you create evidence and a track record that something else is possible, the less power your core wounds have over you. So even though we all have core wounds that will rear their heads because their design is to keep us safe, right? We can move away from those core wounds and... What I find to be the case with that is that I talk to a lot of people that their whole identity is like wrapped around their childhood and what happened to their childhood. And they can tell the story and they can own the story. And here's why. And they can articulate it. If you can go through such articulation to tell the story, can't you also use the same energy to move forward, to move forward away from the sense of power, maybe the sense of acceptance, the sense of attention or whatever it is that you get from telling the story, from rehearsing the story? You can turn the page. You can write a new chapter. Hell, you can write a whole different book if you choose to, okay? Procrastination, one of the most common causes of failure, And this is the thing with procrastination. Procrastination, I find to be tied to perfectionism. A lot of procrastination, the root of procrastination is fear. The root of perfectionism is fear. What are you, what what is the fear of? It depends on the person. When you are a person who procrastinates, something in you is telling you that to move forward will be unsafe, right? And so you haven't built a big enough case, built a big enough catalyst, something that will move you forward enough to move you away from what you fear towards what it is that you desire, right? So we often are waiting for the time to be right, to start doing whatever it is that we need to do. 
okay, I'm going to do this when I have this in place and that in place and this in place. And so we're constantly working to put things in place. And while we're working to put things in place, we're not ever doing the thing, doing the thing imperfectly, doing the thing now. Because what typically happens is you will see that you start off in one way and then you get more resources and then you get better. But it's always happening while you are moving and while you're in the momentum of doing something. And so while you're waiting, while you're trying to get everything done perfectly, the thing you, I said this last week, what is it costing you to wait? What is it costing you to not take action? What is the opportunity cost for you to be in this same place six months from now, three months from now, a year from now? What does that do to your soul to know that there is so much potential that lives in you and you don't see it because you stopped yourself, right? So procrastination is one of the greatest thieves ever because you're robbing you of all that you could be by tolerating who you are right now. The time is never going to be just right. Just start where you are. Move forward. We're so afraid to do things imperfectly. We're so afraid to do things and to fail at something in the beginning. We're so afraid for people to see us like, oh, I did that and I didn't know what this would, would look like, right? That's the only way you get better. Every expert was once a beginner. So let's just go. Okay. Lack of persistence. Being... um. How about learning to be a finisher in a world of starters, right? Everybody can begin something. It takes grit, resilience, and everything else to persist until you reach your goal. Because most people give up at the first sign of defeat. You know why? You know why people don't persist and they give up at the first sign of defeat? Because a lot of times you haven't done the inner work, the inner work to endure adversity, the inner work to endure hardship, the inner work to, to endure disappointment. A lot of times we take on these things, but the little kid is the one that's that's in the, in the emotional driver's seat. And so you know how kids have tantrums at the first sign of something not going their way? and they just fall out, and there's almost like no rationalizing with the kid. A lot of times we are children in the in the emotional driver's seat of our lives and our business, and we don't persist because the adult is not in the driver's seat, right? So you want to finish the things that you start, not just keep constantly starting over and over again. Do you realize how much further along I would be, you would be if you stop stopping yourself and just persist until you get to the goal? Okay, so here's another one. Negative personality. So a negative personality is a personality that repels people. Now, here's how I feel about this. I don't know that you need everybody to like you, but you need somebody to like you. Right? If you are repelling the very people that you need to help you, then there's probably something that you need to work on within yourself. You don't have to be liked by everybody, but you do need the cooperation and the assistance of other people to help you get to your goals. So those traits that come up in you, here's the thing. You have gotten feedback about these traits in you. I know I have, right? And so you can either choose to take the feedback and become a better version of yourself, or you can just like dig your heels in and be like, this is just who I am. 
A lot of this is just who I am is BS, and this is just who life has conditioned you to be. This is just your defense and coping mechanisms. This is just your ego. This is just pride. And this is just, you know, who, what would life really look like if I became a different version of myself? So when you tell yourself this is just who I am, a lot of that is just not really the case. There are some things that are just who you are by nature, but some things, life has nurtured you into this. Your disappointments, your failures, your letdowns, they have created this person and you've learned to be this person to cope in this world. But the thing is, to get to another place, you need to become a different person. So those negative parts of your personality or those parts, I would say, that don't lend themselves to what it is that you're looking Looking to achieve, we, we can get to work on changing those things, okay? Lack of control, sexual urge. Because sex energy is the most powerful of all the stimuli, sexual energy is creative energy. So he's saying it's the most powerful of the emotions. So you need to control your sexual energy through transmutation and convert it to other channels. Sexual energy is creative energy. And so a lot of times, the more creative a person is, the more sexual energy that they have. You can use your sexual energy to create. I actually had a conversation with my client about that. And she said, I'm not sure how to do this. And I said, well, think about desire. You know, what is it that you actually desire? Use your sexual energy towards creating what you desire. Because if you don't desire it, it's almost like your sexual energy in in just a purely physical context You don't want to expend your sexual energy on a person that you don't desire. So trying to transmute your energy towards a goal or towards something you don't desire is probably going to fall flat, right? So think about what it is that you desire and you can use your sexual and your creative energy moving in that direction. But a lot of times because we only feel it physically, we don't understand that we can use it creatively. And so if you expend your sexual energy physically and you're all over the place sexually, a lot of times you end up in a place that's that's just not good when that energy could otherwise have been used, okay? So for all y'all freaky folks, listen, you could, you could create a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm joking and not at the same time. Okay, uncontrolled desire for something for nothing. That goes back to a little bit ago, I was saying that there is a price. You're going to have to pay a price for what it is that you are looking to create, whether that is time or money or whatever the case may is. Something for nothing is why people gamble. Something for nothing is I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord is going to do it. The Lord has empowered you to do it. Something for nothing is basically, in my mind, You want a thing and you don't want to invest in it. You want a result and you don't want to invest in it. You want an effect. You don't want to put the cause in place. Where in the history of anywhere do you get a harvest where you haven't planted a seed? And so what happens is part of a poverty mindset, something for nothing, is hope. People have hope as a plan. Hope is not a plan. Cause leads to, causes lead to effects. So when you have that something for nothing, there's always something outside of you that you are hoping for, that that it's going to give you the thing that you need when you can actually put a plan in place, persist through that plan to get to the goal. Okay, 
lack of a well-defined power of decision. Men who succeed reach decisions promptly and change them, if at all, very slowly. Men who fail reach decisions, if at all, very slowly and change them quickly or frequently and quickly. He says indecision and procrastination are twins. Where one is found, the other may usually be found. Kill off this pair before they completely hogtie you to the treadmill of failure. So where you are slow to make decisions, you are probably also slow to execute, right? So if you make a decision quickly, why don't you decide? Quickly, because a lot of times your former decisions have eroded self-trust. And so you don't trust yourself to make decisions quickly. Well, guess what? You're going to make mistakes. You learn from the mistakes. Make the decision with the best information that you have. And then if it ends up being a bad decision or you could have made a better decision, then you pivot. But you're lingering on and taking forever to make a decision and you being hesitant, you'll look up and it takes you forever also to take action. And those two things, my friend, will have you right here in the same space next year, next month, whatever. Okay. So he's talking about um, one or more of the six basic fears. I don't see what those fears are. So we're moving. I'll have to get to that later. Wrong selection of a mate in marriage. This is the most common cause of failure. I'm I'm gonna change this because this is because I can. Wrong relationships, period, are a cause of failure because relationships in a relationship, you are either they're symbiotic and you are either influencing one another and you're growing together harmoniously, or you're being influenced in a direction that is not lending itself to the thing that you desire, right? So wrong relationships, period, whether you are married, whether you are dating, whether they are business relationships, whether they are friendships, wrong relationships, period, will stunt your growth and it will stunt your success. So it is important to have the right people connected to you and the right people around you. What I find is that I don't have a circle. I don't need a circle. I had to limit people's access to me, right? And put up strong boundaries because certain relationships didn't lend themselves to the support or the, is this a word, furtherance of whatever it is that I was looking or trying to do, okay? So certain relationships, I've made changes, I've put up boundaries. You know, if I I, I had to leave some relationships, let some relationships go, not all romantic, but your relationships are going to be super, super, super important. And and here's what happens, right? He goes into wrong, wrong selection of associate in, in business as well. So I'm just going to put these two together. I do audits of relationships. I do audits of myself first and foremost. So like this right here, I'll use this information for a self-audit or life audit. But I audit the relationships around me. How am I contributing to this relationship? How am I adding value to this relationship? How is this relationship purposeful? And if it's not, then it starts to to, to nag at me. And I don't make decisions by, oh, well, 
this person has been around for so long, or this person has been loyal, or all of these other things that say, this is why this part. Do you want a pity friend? Do you want somebody to be with you just because you're old faithful? No, but when you understand the purpose of relationships, you can let go of a lot of the things that cause you to hold on to relationships because of your pain or because of your trauma and really move and have relationships that just make sense and are purposeful, whether personal, marriage, romantic, business, or whatever the case may be. I think the last one that I will have a chance to get to in this episode is overcaution. And I can remember somebody who used to be my mentor and she said she was proceeding with caution and she said she just had to come to grips with the fact that she was just with caution, but she wasn't actually proceeding. When you don't take any chances, then you are typically taking what's left over when the people who took the chances and who took the risks are through choosing, right? So you can be overcautious, but you, there's there's nothing in life where you don't take a chance. And so you, if you are risk averse, a lot of times you will just end up like not where it is that you desire to be because you don't trust yourself enough to know that whatever happens, you can handle it. Whatever happens, some people say life has got your back. I feel like whatever happens, God has my back. Whatever happens, even if it doesn't turn out the way that I anticipate, I have enough resilience and I have enough bounce back to get through it. And so being overly cautious, I'm going to say is a triplet to procrastination and perfectionism, right? Whatever it is, he said, I'm going to add that into there. Like being overcautious, they all go together. Indecision is what he said. We got quadruplets. Procrastination, overcaution, indecision, perfectionism. They quadruplets. And those are going to be things that undermine your success. So I will get to, let me see, how many of these? I will get to the rest of these. Next week, there's probably like 11 more next week, but I just wanted to give you this. If you feel like you're failing, do a self-audit. Be honest with yourself, but don't just get the information. Put a plan in place to change it because only you can change this. Only you know where it is that you really want to go and you need to be honest about why or why not you are not there and choose to do something differently. As I always tell you, you don't have to, but you get to. I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day.